This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 165 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and Gaz has been uh, invited somewhere on a Thursday evening. How inconsiderate. Uh, so instead, I'm here with Jake. How you doing, mate? You alright? <laughs> ben, we've lost again. <laughs> and I'm on the podcast. It's not even... It's, not even... it's gone beyond a meme, hasn't it? I think. I know, yeah. and do you know what? I'm, I, you know what? I mean, I'm happy to come on, obviously, and 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 spread the word and spread my opinions. But God, I just want to talk about a win. I know we had Wimbledon a couple of weeks ago, but that honestly feels like like five years ago, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been. Uh, I mean, until until about two o'clock this afternoon, or probably a little bit before then. I was going to say it's been quite a quiet week in terms of news. Um. But we'll come on to that a bit later on. Um, how's your week been, mate? You've, you've been all right. Yeah, oh, not bad, mate. Um, just busy with with work. We've had welcome days and open days at the college, so it's all all go. But it's all good in it when you you get to sit down and talk about football. Obviously, I do the the show with Ben on a on a Monday night. If anyone wants to come over and watch it, a bit of a selfless plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, apart from that, mate, it's just been pretty boring obviously I've, I've not had any salads for tea like like you have and, and decided to get that excited to ejaculate all over it it was caesar dressing and you know full well it was jake anyway shall we kick off with the shrewsbury game no no, no ben we shouldn't no <laughs> I, I genuinely think i would rather talk about the consistency in your caesar salad than than the shrewsbury game and i didn't even go i mean this is the weird thing. So, like, normally I'm kind of talking at it from a watch from afar kind of perspective when you're on because you go to quite a lot of away games. I do. As is Gaz a lot of the time. But this time round, I've been to the game, Gaz has been to the game, and you haven't. So, well, do you want a round of applause, Ben? No, I'm just saying. Ben Ward. I'm just saying the tables have been turned a bit, mate. It's all a bit strange. <laughs> You're a real um, fan now, Ben. You go to away games. Look at you. Don't start on that bullshit. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, obviously, you know, journey over to Shrewsbury. Um, I'd caught up with Gaz before the game. We had a chat. Um, and I think... Take the piss out of you. Did he just take the piss out of you? Is that naturally. Right? I'm sure you had a chat. Naturally. You, you, you know, yourself? I don't expect right. anything else from him at this point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, it was, uh, it, it was a really nice day. I think that was... To be honest with you, that was the highlight of the day was that it was quite sunny and we were sat in the um, the away end with, you know, basically the sun beaming down on us for, for two hours. Um, it was just a poor game, like all round. I think first half we probably had, you know, the, the, the better of it, although it wasn't a great advert for football in general. Um Obviously, you know, there was one defining moment at the half, which we'll come on to. But um, I think in second half, Shrewsbury came out. They looked like the more likely team to score. I was thinking to myself, you know what, I'll I'll take a draw here. You know, it, was, it, it genuinely looked like two teams that have sort of seen their season is kind of fizzling out. You know, they they it almost seemed like they were going, yeah, we're both safe now. It's all fine. Um and then, out of absolutely nothing, we conceded, and then fell apart. Um, 
And after we conceded, it, it felt to me like we could have potentially gone on to concede another one or two, which was, yeah, I mean, it, it was just hard to hard to kind of muster any enthusiasm. Um, and I know a friend of the pod, Jack, um, Jack Mulhall was saying, you know, on social afterwards that it was, I think his words were something along the lines of, you know, if, if they don't care, why should we? And I think while it's probably a bit harsh, I think the sentiment is probably about right. Um, it just seemed like there wasn't a huge amount of fight there on, on Saturday. Obviously there was, um, quite a bit of disruption uh, in in the first half with with Jacko going off, but yeah, we we I mean we didn't get a shot on target, and I can't remember the last time that that happened. If I'm brutally honest, um, it was just poor, like a really poor afternoon. Um, as I said, brightened by the fact that the sun was out. But uh, I mean, have you seen any of the I know you've seen the Jacko incident, but have you seen anything yeah. else from the game? Um, no, I, I did listen to it in the radio. Obviously, you mentioned it was sunny enough, so I was sat in my uh, in my car with a, a couple of siders and, and tried to listen to the game. Um, and the first half... Of what <laughs> that makes you it, sound like a massive, massive alcoholic. I was sat in well, my car with I some am. cider. I am. I am an alcoholic. I'm going out tomorrow night. Slug and lettuce if anyone if anyone's going to be there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feel free to buy me a drink. No, I'm joking. Um, no. So, yeah, I mean, it sounded boring, Ben, to be honest. I was yeah. more sort of, I was watching my dogs run around the garden and uh, that seemed more interesting than the football. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those games. I think, like you say, shows we know that they're, that, that they're safe. Do we know that we're safe? Not yet. I don't think we're 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 there yet. I think we need three more points probably because yeah. If you're looking at the likes of Morecambe, Fleetwood, um, perhaps Wimbledon and Gillingham, it looks like two of those four, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it looks like someone's going to stay up on 43. Obviously, are we on 41 points or 42 points at the minute? Um, so you probably need looking at at least another three to get safe and. This this term of on the beach um, sort of gets branded around a little bit, but players have got to play for contracts. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. there's a lot of I, I can see why these games sort of do fizzle out. But but then again, if you're a player, for example, say you're one of our lads and you've not got a contract tied down at Lincoln for next year, and it's still not been discussed, mm. you want to be working, you want to be showing in these games that that are sort of dead rubbers that you can make a difference at the level so that you can be financially dependent. Um, at, at the same level and earn the same similar sort of wage. So, look, it was a bit of a boring game. Um, don't get me wrong. And I, I think the incident that, that happened in the first half, I, I mean, I saw the thing on Jackson. I think it was a shambles. And uh, by all accounts, the referee wasn't great. But still, um, no, it, it, it sounded boring, Ben. I was much more interested in the um, the, the strawberry line Copperberg that I had um, resting <laughs> I mean, on my arm. Yeah, it was nice. You know, what, it was not nice summer's day. Nice fruity cider. You can't go wrong. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, I mean, you've mentioned the referee there. I think the the thing that confused a lot of us um, around where where I was stood was just how long it took him to actually get his yellow card out. I don't think he gave a card out in the first half. Which I mean, we were getting. It looked like we were getting sort of, you know battered quite a bit and I think there was a few incidents where you know we, we could have had a card against us as well but it let's talk he about the, Jackson. Card out in the first. he did give a card out in the first half then did he? Luke Lee 21st minute I do not yeah, remember you that you look like a fool now don't you sir well no it was genuinely <laughs> that forgettable like it, yeah it, Luke Lee got a yellow card in the 21st minute apparently Oh, okay, that might have been when I... Oh, I think I might have been getting a bottle of water at that point. I can't remember. Uh, just the anyway. water. Just the water. Just the water, mate. Health kick. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, it, it was just... It, it it wasn't the best referee, but, again, not the not the reason that we lost the game. We lost the game because there was just nothing in there. Um, but let's come on to the Jackson incident because you've seen it. At the time, it looked horrendous. Um, I mean... It, it's going back to the incident against Rotherham, isn't it, where Jordan Wright got absolutely clattered. Now, I think I said this on the podcast, but like 
if you go in for a challenge like that as a striker, yes, you're entitled to go for it. But if it goes wrong, there needs to be something that happens as a consequence for that. Like, you know, you, you use the ch- when when it's out on the pitch. And, uh, sorry, when it's outfield and you go in for a challenge and you, you know you, you take someone down, it's classed as a late challenge. So if it's a late challenge, you know it'll be a free kick and sometimes it'll be a yellow card. What happened on Saturday was at least at least a late challenge. Um, I mean, for me, at the time it would it was inconceivable that the referee didn't give a free kick um you know it was a drop ball uh but you watch the replay uh that gaz put up and it, it's again yes you've got the benefit of watching it in slow motion but it does look a little bit like um like the, the lads left uh, led with his arm um i mean you know it happened so quickly you can sort of forgive that and you can sort of forgive the ref for not seeing that but I mean, it speaks to Jackson's character that he went in for it in the first place because he knew he was probably going to get, you know, involved in something. Um, but obviously, to come away with uh, with something of a, a head injury and having that moment of oh crap, you know, is this another concussion? Having to change things around, I think, you know, without Brooke Norton Cuffy there, I think it, it was just a really unfortunate moment for that to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, how did you see? You know, what, what was your take on the incident after the fact? Because it was, it looked nasty, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, just before I, I give my thoughts on the incident, I remember last time I was on the pod, it was the um, Rotherham game, wasn't it? Um, mm. And it was Coyote that left his foot in on Jordan Wright, wasn't it? Uh, the, yeah. the away game at Rotherham, and we, were, and we were sort of the conclusion of that was, yeah, it was naughty, but you want your centre forward to go for that. Yeah. I'm watching the clip back of uh, of um, that Gaz put out on Twitter. Yes, it's in slow by slow motion. It's frame by frame, and you're right. He's I mean he hadn't got his arms in, the, in an unnatural position for me. Um, I think he he's just defending his body. Um, his leg looks a little bit high. Obviously, he's on the floor. Jacko has stooped his head a little bit, um, but like you say, that's the sort of player Jackson is. He, he's brave and. I think Appleton's come out and said this before that he's by far the best header or and the most brave that centre half that we've got um, mm. at the club when it comes to this sort of thing. And Jackson's always going to st- stick his head in there, whether, regardless of whether he's had two concussions pre- prior. And the new protocols obviously suggest that that might be his season over. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a foul. Um, oh, I there's no there's no I, doubting that it's a foul. It's not it's not malicious. I don't I don't think it's malicious enough for a, a red card. I think it's a foul and a yellow card. Um, yeah. But I I don't think we should be calling for Euro to be to to be to be sent off. But it, it's one of those, isn't it? If that was Hopper going in like that, or John Mark was going in on a, a Shrewsbury defender, would mm. what what would we be saying? And you've got to look at it both ways, I suggest. And I, if you're a Shrewsbury fan, similar to if you were a Robin fan a few weeks ago, you know, you'd want Daniel Udo to, to get there because the ball is in, right in the middle of them. And it, it's actually closer to Udo when when Jackson heads it. And yeah. if you're thinking as a Shrewsbury fan, if Udo gets his touch on that, he's beyond Jackson, he's literally through on goal. Um, yeah. So, look, it, it swings and roundabouts. It's a yellow card and a free kick from a yeah. Lincoln City point of view. Um, but, no, didn't didn't. Well, we did change the game, I suppose, and the fact that we had to take Jacko off, and it's probably going to change our season, given he might not be able to feature. Um, but we, yeah. we don't know, do we? I mean, I think you know, saying that it did it didn't change the game is you know, obviously it it did because at that point we had to you know we had to switch things up, go forward at the back. Bishop moved over to right back, um, where you know we know that he can play there. He has played there, and it was you know it was okay but then in the you know he, he got taken off uh when was it he got taken off late in the second half um and you just think right well at that point you know that you've had to change your you've had to change your um your game plan on you know minute you know, 29 minutes so it's like right okay we've come here with a plan it's been upended. What we got to do now? We already know that we're down Fiorini and Norton Cuffey. Um, you know, we've got 
Whitaker playing right back, who I I thought had a decent game, to be honest with you. You know, he was he was jinking about. Um, there was one point, I think it was Leahy that he actually just sat down completely. Like he um, in the second half, he was running towards the the edge of the box, just hypnotised Leahy, I think it was, and yeah, just flat on his ass. Really funny to watch. Um, but you know, it, changing the changing the style up that early on in the game, you know, a third of the way through the game, through an injury, when you know that you're already down on centre-backs, um, you know, we've got TJ Omer out potentially for the season. We've got um, Lewis Monsmer out for the season. We've now got potentially got Jacko out for the season. I think we're going to be forced to play four at the back because of the personnel that we've got. You know, I don't think we're going to have that many centre-backs. Um and I, I just want to say one more thing as well about the, the Jackson incident, because I, I did see some people suggesting, you know, that after this one, it's oh Jackson's injury prone. I thought, well, how can you how can you say that he's injury prone when he's suffered three concussions from challenges? Like mm. if if he doesn't, the thing is, if he doesn't go in for that challenge, he gets criticised by fans for saying, oh, well, he doesn't go in for them or, you know, he's not brave enough. And then he does go in for them, comes away with three concussions, well, two concussions and a head injury in a season. And everybody says, "Oh, he's, he's injury prone." It's like that—that that is not injury prone. It's like that, you know. I—I I made the comment that if you're saying that Adam Jackson's injury prone, it's a bit like saying that Ukraine at the moment is explosion prone. It's only like that because somebody else is getting involved. You know, there is aggression towards them. If if that is the way that it is at the moment, like Jacko, yes, he's had an injury earlier on in the season, but the three most recent injuries that he's had have not been as a result of being, you know, prone to being injured. It's prone to being brave, if anything. But Yeah. <sighs> Dear me. Rant over, Ben. Rant over. Well, you know, have I... a chocolate, but you have a chocolate bar, mate. You deserve that. <laughs> I need a Snickers. Um, other chocolate bars are available. But, like, yeah, you know, they scored on, in the 84th minute. You just think, right, well, at that point you didn't feel like it was going to come back. We, we weren't going to come back from it. I think we probably had one chance after that. Uh, the ball got flashed across six yard box. Uh, Chris McGuire was uh, about six inches away from it um, in front of an open goal. Cause it had beaten Morosi. It's like, yeah, if that had, have, you know, if he'd just been able to stretch his foot a little bit more, it would have been there. But, you know, Gaz said that his, the game was summed up late on by the fact that the ball kind of got played through or took a took a ricochet off somebody and it was kind of going towards the the goal line uh, the sorry the 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 byline so it was going going out for a goal kick um and Sorensen just kind of jogged up to it and didn't make the defender work it's like you you've got to make the defender work at that point you've got to put the pressure on you know, we're one nil down. We're away from home. You've got to do it, and it, it yeah, it kind of summed up the afternoon. But that was Saturday. It was a bit of shit, really. Yeah, and um, Cohen got injured as well. Um, yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to mention. Disappointing. Uh, obviously, he's been in a really good run of form, hasn't he? Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's good to see Robbo back because obviously everyone's sort of been. We spent a bit of money on 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 Rollo, didn't we, over the summer as a, a tail yeah. replacement, and, we, and we've not seen much of him, which is disappointing. And I'm sure he won't be happy with it. But Cohen is has probably been up there for player of the season in in terms of yes, he's made high profile mistakes, but he's also had quite a, a good out uh, attacking output, hasn't he, in terms of a threat down that left hand side, and teams 100%. have to account for that. And um, yeah. That's probably his season gone. It it sounded like a hamstring. Um, yeah, well, I mean, as, as soon as he, as, as soon as it happened, like you saw him sort of burst into the six-yard box, and he just pulled up and sort of fell, just flat on his face, more or less, yeah. when he realised what was what had happened. Uh, it was immediately obvious it was a hamstring problem. Um, yeah, gutted for him. Really, really am absolutely gutted because, like you say, you know. I think after after the Cheltenham game, people were probably calling for his head and saying, "Oh, that's probably the last game he'll ever play for Lincoln City." Mm. Um, you know, it was a we'd, we'd worked hard to go two one up, and then a really silly back header. Uh, it, uh, 
sort of put it across the six yard box again and you know Cheltenham scored um but fair play you know he's obviously knuckled down he's he's got his head in the game and he's uh he's improved massively since then and he's he's kept Jamie Robson at the team um mm. you know when you when you do that for a player that we've obviously spent a bit of money on he's he's done really really well um but you know it just seems to be the story of the season doesn't it we've had uh, another injury that's caused a problem and, and Teddy Teddy went off injured as well didn't he yeah it, to be fair Bishop looked like he was struggling just before he went off it was it it was one of those and then I think at one point Walsh went down as well and was uh, he did yeah sort of on his haunches as well so it was a bit like Jesus Christ are we going to have any defenders next week story of story of both of their seasons though isn't it you know we, we came with warning about Teddy Bishop that he could mm. be in the treatment room for a while and and unfortunately for, for Teddy and for us, because there's clearly a player in there, isn't there, in terms yeah. of technical ability. And you can see at, at times he just drives forward and it, it looks easy it looks easy to him. And it's just a shame that he can't get a run of games where he's not struggling. Um, yeah. And then Walsh as well. So Walsh has well, hardly played, has he? And that's injury, it's his injury record. And people will, will, will want to cut ties with him and, and I'm sort of starting to, to understand why because it's so frustrating. Yes, Joe Wolf is a very good centre-half. Absolutely, he is. But you can't rely on a centre-half who's going to come out for for maybe 10 games a season. And I think Michael alluded, alluded to it in, in presses since the, since sort of the January window that he's looking to recruit more I'm trying to figure out the word, like reliable the people yeah. that will be able to play 20, 30 games a season rather than 10, 15. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, there is uh, there is the fact that Walsh signed a long-term extension, I believe it was, last year. A long, yeah, he signed a new contract. So, you know, it's not... I, I don't think it, it's going to be... It, it won't be a case of the club showing him the door in the summer. Um, oh. you know, I don't think that's the case at all, but... Yeah, I just, I really just hope that something happens where you know these injury problems will just disappear because it's it's impossible at the moment to to work out what's going on. Um, but you know, just like I said, story of the season, really frustrating. Led to an incredibly dull game on Saturday, um, and we've not had a midweek game to take our minds off it yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the drag shows me out a bit, Ben. We might as well just uh, go on to other matters. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, you know, the, the thing is now we've got what six games left. Six games. I think you're right, Ben. Uh, seven games left. Sorry, you were wrong, Ben. How dare you be wrong, Ben? <laughs> uh, so yeah, seven games left. I think you're right. I think we need three points. Um, you know the. I can't see a 10-point swing. No, look at how bad a form the bottom six are in as well. Or bottom, yeah. Maybe the bottom five. Like yeah. The, I mean... The, the most someone have taken out, out of 15 points is two. So, mm. and we've taken... I mean, yes, we've taken four, but that's given us two more points on them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we should be fine given 45 points is, will be enough, which sounds bizarre, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just been a crap season, hasn't it? Um, but obviously, you know, Gillingham sort of five points behind us. And then you, you did mention there, uh, AFC Wimbledon. I, I did find it quite amusing that they, they sort of said after 20 games without a win, they went, right, we're sticking by the manager. And then after 21 games without a win, they got rid of him. Yeah, do you know who they've appointed? They've appointed the guy who appointed himself at Reading when uh, a couple of years ago. He was um, director of football or, or technical director at Reading, and they had just sat their manager, and he appointed himself to be manager. So that's the sort of character they've got going in there. Brilliant. Well, that's gonna. I, I say that's gonna work out well. I hope it does because I, I want to see Wimbledon stay up, although it's looking increasingly more unlikely. Hmm. Um, right. So other news that's going on. Um, Let's talk about this one first then. So the, the first bit of news was a bit of good news. Um, 
Clive confirmed that uh, season ticket numbers have now reached 3,000. And I think Liam confirmed later on it was it was over 3,100. So it's looking strong for that, you know, the initial um, window of, you know, the early birds. Uh, I think, I can't remember what, what we sold in the early bird term last time out, but it was uh, what, I think January, well, February time is, is now the sort of early window um, established, the established early window, I should say. Um, it's a good yeah. number, Ben. It's a good number. Like, yeah, it's considering how, how bad this season, well, I'll not say how bad this season's been, but the, the home performances haven't been great. And for 3,000 people to go, you know what, how many, would you say we have maybe 6,000 season ticket holders? I think there was just under six. I think there was a, yeah, I think it was about 6,500, I think. And, and not and not all of them will be in the, sorry, my dogs are going off. It won't be, not everyone's in the privileged position to, to just renew now, are they? So I, I think we'll, there'll be a lot of sort of, perhaps not another 3,000 or, or 2,500 or whatever we need to get up to what we were this year. Mm. Um, I, I I feel like we might lose some, but then I think people are wanting to come back. I know people are coming back next season. So, no, it's good, it's good news that people are sticking with the team, clearly sticking behind the manager. As much as, many, you know, as, much as people are meant to be Appleton out, you know, and they've renewed the season ticket, um, it, it's showing, I might get shit for this, but it, it's showing that they've, put, they've got faith in the manager and what he's trying to do. Yeah, and you know, I, th- I think ultimately it will it will be one of those moments where a lot of people that said, "Oh, I'm not renewing my season ticket until he's gone," or whatever it was they've said. I I'm probably going to be a bit bold and say that a lot of those people will probably be showing up in their same seat next season with a What's season ticket. You know, what else are you going to do on a Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> Danny Dyer. What was it? Danny Dyer. Did he say it? What else are you going to do? Bang into a tissue and watch Pop Idol. Is that what he said? <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, you know, cracking numbers. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the early bird numbers were last season, but ended up with uh, six and a half thousand. Whether we'll quite hit that same height again this season, I don't know. I would be pleasantly surprised if that happened. Um, but obviously we've had, you know, like you've mentioned, a a tricky season, not necessarily a, diff, a, a crap season, but a tricky season. Um, and it's one that with everything else that's going on in the world at the moment, you know, the cost of living's gone up and petrol prices, all the rest of it. I think those that are in the position to renew and that have renewed, fair enough, you know, fair play. Like I've, I've got my renewal in, Rachel's got hers in, Gaz's got his in. Um, oh, Yes. I have mine in Ben. I, I even tagged Andy Pearson to let him know. <laughs> I've refused to do that this year because I know, you know, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to give Andy a break for once. I'm going to give him a break. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's it's promising start, and hopefully, you know, we can get some decent numbers again. Um, because I'm fairly certain, and this is said with me touching all of the wood in the room, that we will still be in League One next season. Anyway. Um, next bit of news. Did we want to talk about this rumor about Jordan Wright? I I think it's probably worth mentioning, Ben. So yeah, I mean, obviously we signed Jordan Wright in January um, from Forest. He came on uh, for Josh Griffiths when he did his ankle, and he has been in goal ever since. Um, pulled out some stunning saves. And I think, he, to be fair, he pulled out another one on Saturday. At the time, we thought it was an incredible save. And then when we watched it later, it was like, oh, it may have been going over. Um, but that one against Sunderland definitely sticks in the mind. Um, and he looks good. He looks really good keeper. You know, six foot six, I think he is. And built like a brick shit house and keeps command of his area. I think he's he's kind of the he's the kind of goalkeeper that I think we were sort of crying out for. Um, really, you know, he... he He's looked really impressive since he's uh, since he's come in, but sounds like QPR might be in for him. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I look, Ben. Um, 
QPR, uh, uh, I've got a good goalkeeper at the minute. Um, I think they've got uh, Sonny Dieng, who, who's a really good goalkeeper for the level above. Um, I think they've got Alan McGregor, or no, David Marshall currently sort of as a backup. Sonny Dieng went off to the African Cup of Nations um, and hasn't sort of been the same since he's come back into the side. I think he might have picked up an injury. So this is probably where the rumours come from, um, given their main goalkeeper's out injured at the moment. Mm. But I don't, I mean, I, I find it unlikely that Jordan Wright would be looking to move. I can't imagine the club would have invested in Jordan Wright to, sh- to see him shipped off maybe five months later. Um, you'd like to think anyway. But look, he, he's 22, 23. He's made, some re- he's made a really good start. Um, I don't think we need to recruit, re- recruit a, goal- a first-team goalkeeper next season. I, th- I would be more than happy to give Jordan Wright the reins. Mm. I mean, I think that's the conversation that people are, are now getting toward because you've got Sam Long, who obviously has gone out to Drahida and by all accounts is doing very well out there. Um, and then we've got Jordan Wright, who looks like he was brought in as a number two, but very quickly has has become a contender for the number one jersey next season. So I I have to say that, you know, if he were to leave, it's it's got to be for a decent fee. Like I know that's, you know, quoting the term that nobody likes, that's the model. Um, but you know, if, if they can sort of flip him in a way, cause you know, when people buy houses, they flip them and make a profit on them. If, if we can do that, the same thing with a player, what's to say that that's, you know, the wrong thing to do. Like if we can make a profit on him, I don't think anybody would, would have any complaints with that. And it would be good for his career given where QPR are at the moment. But, I, I I can't see anything happening before the end of the season for obvious reasons in that we only have one goalkeeper on the books at the minute. Um, so if we were to ship him out, I mean, it would have to be on an emergency loan basis, which would then basically... Oh, I don't think the rumour was him going now, Ben. I think it was a move in the, in the summer. Well, yeah, I know. But obviously the, the conversation around um, their current keeper being injured is like, right, okay, well... You know, you can't have him now because you'd have to go on emergency loan, and we would then have to get an emergency loan in. Yeah, so. it, it doesn't make sense. But no, um, no. Even, even in summer, Ben, I, I, I would doubt that. I doubt he would move on. Um, I don't think if he goes to QPR, I don't think he's the first choice. Whereas next yeah. season, he stands a real chance of having a full, you know, his first full season as a as a football league number one. Um, yeah. I, I, I think he's probably ours at least for a, a year. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting topic. Um, we'll obviously see how it develops and if indeed um, QPR take him on. But as I said, given, given the current situation, I think uh, we'll probably be looking at a hefty fee for him, which would be quite nice. So that's that out of the way. The next you, one is you putting it off, Ben. You putting the big the big statement off. I am because I was happy with how relatively quiet the news was this week until about two o'clock this afternoon. Um, delay it even further, Ben, and just talk about Charlie Kendall. <laughs> I know it's not news, but Charlie Kendall is scoring goals for fun at the minute, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure people like will see it on Twitter and they retweet it. And but that that kid's on fire. Like yeah. he's he's literally scoring every week. Like I, I'm just so I don't know about you, Ben, but it's so refreshing to see someone who's dropped down from QPR, funnily enough, down to the the non-league and and is in such hot form. And and we've been the club to pull the trigger on him. Do you know what I mean? Right. It, it's just it's just so refreshing. And obviously, it's great that he's scoring goals because you know I think he's a, a type of striker that we might have to call on next season. I mean, there is a there is a certain strange pleasure in being able to say that a Lincoln City uh, Lincoln City striker is scoring every week, just mm. just not for us. Um, but yeah, not yeah, next year, next year, Ben. Yeah, I'm excited to see Charlie Kendall next year. To be honest, I mean, I know it's a different level, but ultimately, if you are a goal scorer, if you're a natural goal scorer, you'll score goals at, at most levels. Um, you know, I think that's probably a Maybe a bit of an overstatement, but there was, um, you know, I think it, it could happen. Um, and there's, there's actually, I can't remember where I saw it, 
there was a really good story about a kid who signed for Everton as a teenager and he was banging goals in left, right and centre every single game all the way up to, I think, under 18 level. Um, Everton were desperate to sign him on like a proper full on um, full on contract. But he was he was really feeling the pressure. Um, so he just stopped playing football for a few years. And now he's playing non-league football and scoring at least two every week. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what the relevancy of that was, but there we go. Um, so let's let's come on to it then. Um, big news of the week. It's, it's hit BBC News because, of course, it has. Um, Liam Scully put out a statement last night and basically spoke about a few things on there. So the first one, oh, sorry, uh, we'll come to the first one last, but a couple of ones in there. Uh, there was something about the ticketing loyalty system, um, which is an interesting one for me. I think, uh, you know, loyalty is is a difficult thing to judge because you can be a loyal supporter without going to all of the away games. For example, if you can't afford to, um, I wouldn't say that you're not a loyal fan because you're not able to spend the amount of money that you, you know, other people can. Um, but, you know, I think the club have come out and said that they are turning on the loyalty function for use as a data collection system for next season. So basically this is going to be a proof of concept, essentially, to say, look, OK, we can potentially do this next season. Um, and then, you know, it's not stating that they're definitely going to use it in the future, but they'll be able to learn a bit more about uh, the purchasing behaviours of fans and see who goes where and, you know, whether that's potentially worth looking into in the future. So that'd be an interesting one. What are your thoughts on a loyalty system, Jake? Yeah, I mean, it it, it can work. Um, I know I've, I've got mates who support much bigger football clubs than we are and he goes to all the European games so he's sort of at the top of the list so it it can work um, obviously it it might cause a bit of squabbling in house in terms of the support base um, but let's be are you honest, trying to say that something could potentially divide a fan base Jake no. that would never happen at Lincoln City no. <laughs> well just give it five minutes we might find another one um, look it, it, no, they can work. It's it's a good system. Obviously, it as I say, it can sort of cause a little bit of, you know, my dad's bigger than your dad sort of thing when it comes to loyalty points. Um, I don't sort of think we're at the level where we need that sort of thing. Perhaps if we had got promoted um, back in May, in, in May or June when the playoff final was, I can understand it um, purely because... We would have had a lot of game, a lot of games where we'd probably take a lot more for supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand why the, it's a good concept, and I, I think the club should look at it if we get promoted. But whilst we're in League One, um, there's not really that many small away grounds that, that we're dead set on to fill. So um, I think even games, sort of the Rotherham game, is like an hour away on a Tuesday night, and. We didn't even fill the allocation out, and it went on general sales. So, well, no, we, we sold out the initial allocation. But the the the, the secondary allocation, I, I thought we would have taken a lot more than than just an extra couple, maybe what was it like an extra hundred or two hundred. Um, mm. So no, they they can work, but uh, I think we probably need to be at the level above rather than than this level and doing that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. So. Um, yeah, easier said than done. Um, next one is about club bans and police action. So, the two, the, the two that got um, on the pitch against Donny have been given indefinite club bans. Um, there's also mention that the Sheffield Wednesday game saw. Uh, two arrests on the stadium footprint, which I'm presuming is sort of, you know, around the ground and and all of that. Um, It says one home fan given uh, given an indefinite club ban and a visiting supporter given a three-year football banning order. So one one home fan uh indefinitely suspended or indefinitely banned from coming to the uh to the ground um and then obviously we know about the incident with Tayward and at Gillingham at the start of the season um 
that you know the guy's been given a banning order and, and a fine on that one so that was the other news i i am aware that there's been some uh some consternation around people being banned from the ground um i would be remiss if i didn't mention it because you know i've i've had a conversation on social media about it this week but from my you know from where i'm sat genuinely genuinely don't know the ins and outs of it um as to you know who it is what's happened anything along those lines at all so you know at this point we can't really comment on it um although it was disappointing to hear that some of the 617's flags have been uh, kind of just unceremoniously dumped out of the football club um which yeah if that's accurate then not the best of uh not the best of ways to handle that one. No. Um, I mean, in terms of the, the banning orders, obviously, we sort of said before we came on uh, that we both sort of sit away from the 617. Um, so we probably shouldn't comment on the on the ones that happened during the Wednesday game. But the Doncaster Rovers uh, game, the, the two-pitch invaders, absolutely um, mm-hmm. 100% back the, back the club in terms of that. Because even though they, they came from the home end, like Liam came on the pod and said, Obviously, they were giving giving it all to the home fans and the away fans, so a bit strange. But um, I can understand that those sort of banning orders. Um, obviously, nobody wants to get banned indefinitely from from attending football. Um, but then I suppose my my response would be: don't make silly choices when you go to the football. Um, yeah. So if you behave in a civilized manner and and you don't give yourself a, uh, the stewards or anybody in, in a state of power a decision to make, then, you know, it, it, I'm not saying that people should be banned for absolutely nothing, which is what's going around social media, but don't give people a decision to make. Cause like we've seen referees, they tend to make a bad decision. Yeah. Um, so we will come to the elephant in the room. Um, the Air Raid Sirens and the Dambusters at Central Bank. Um, the big news is, as you've probably seen on BBC News, as it hit the front page today, um, the supporters board and, uh, well, everyone on the supporters board had a discussion around the Air Raid Sirens and uh, the use of the Dambusters March. Um and it's all around the conflict in Ukraine and whether it's, you know, potentially inappropriate. Um, my thoughts on this have been slightly misrepresented in the piece on the site by Gary. Um, my views actually align with him uh, on on the uh, on on the actions that have been taken. Um, I mean, to start with. You know, it says the supporters board and uh, and I, this is Liam's words, discussed the topic at great length and we con- collectively concluded it would be appropriate to temporarily suspend the use of the sirens and for the club to stop playing at Ambusters March for the rest of the season. So to clarify, they've not banned it. They've just stopped it for three more games. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to cause some controversy it's going to be a difficult opinion for people to to take on board and go well that's not right but <sighs> it's a tricky one isn't it mate yeah it is um obviously that yes i understand it's part of the club history um obviously i i think the club are still happy for the supporters to do the you know, when we score a goal, to, to to stick your arms out and dance around like the um like the dam busters. Um, but personally, I don't think I've heard the the the, the theme tune being played much at home this season. So and this I, is I, the I, thing. I, this I, that is might the just thing. Be like me, I I can't remember them playing it at all. The number of people that have been up in arms about this and oh, it's always been our walkout music. It hasn't. Oasis no. has been our walkout music this season, and I've I just uh, want it. I would like it to be the Dambusters again. Yeah, I remember under under Danny Cowley that they played it pre-game, but we walked out um, to the Kongs, didn't we? This girl. Um, yeah. We ran out. That was the the sort of Danny Cowley walkout song. Um, but no, I, I've not really heard it. No. Um, and I, I I don't know. It's it. Look, I I don't think it's. I don't think the club are trying to take the history away from 
itself and, and its city. I think they're just trying to show a sign of respect um, to a nation going through absolute hell at the moment. And I, I mean, I'm all for it um, in terms of showing a respect because, um, you know, we are taking in as a country, obviously we are taking in Ukrainian um, refugees and there are Ukrainians in the city. Um, I, I think it's a nice touch of respect um, just to, just for them you know, to to not because obviously the, the the I mean I'm obviously a bit younger than yourself, Ben. So the the, the Danvers to me um, doesn't mean a great deal, but to people of a, who are older than myself, it will mean it remind them of war, and that's the last thing you want to be um, bringing up to people who are who are Ukrainian. And um, it's, so, look, it's tricky. It's so tricky. I mean, it, it is tricky, but I I think. Where I fall on it, and again, this kind of lines up with what Gaz said on the site. I think the decision about the sirens is probably a more understandable one than the one about the music. Because ultimately there are, well, there were two World War II air raid sirens that had been brought into a football ground in a residential area. And when they both fire up, like, you you can hear them outside the ground. And there's there's a little, there's an air of thinking, well, you know, what's appropriate here? And, like, I'm not, you know, I, I just hate the term virtue signalling. And I've seen that thrown around quite a lot. But I think when it comes to something like an air raid siren, there's a, a slight degree of common sense about it. And it, when the conflict kicked off, um, I remember seeing on social media, some Lincoln fans were saying that, you know, they were potentially feeling, you know, a bit on edge about things. And they were like, you know, can we probably not have the air raid siren this week? Um, and, you know, I, I tagged the guy that brings one of them in and I said, you know, I don't know if you've seen this. What are your thoughts? Is it an idea? Um, and he said, oh, yeah, I've not really thought about that. That's a fair point. I won't bring it this week. And he didn't bring it from then on. And we had a good conversation about it at the game because he sits near me and, you know, I get on well with him. And we, we had a good conversation about stuff. And it was one of those moments where I think he kind of looked at it and went, yeah, it's probably not worth it for a few games. And that's all it is. It's for a few games. It's not... You know, it's not Liam sitting there and striking down the club's history and saying, well, they're not going to be called the 617 anymore. They're going to be called the Noisy Boys or whatever. You know, it's it's got to be there has to be an extreme with people. And I think ultimately when it comes to the siren or the sirens. I don't necessarily I wouldn't have made the call to say they're not coming in. But I would I personally, I probably wouldn't have had a problem with them staying. But I can understand the reasoning behind the decision. And I think that's the key difference between what a lot of people are saying at the moment. When it comes to the music, I think that is a different kettle of fish. And I, I can't I can't really wrap my head around a lot of the reasoning behind that. Um, number one, like you say, we haven't played it as walkout music in at least two years, mainly because last year we didn't have walkout music at all. But, you know. We didn't have, we didn't have that as walkout music. I can't remember the last time we did because, like you say, I seem to, I seem to remember it Ben, when we got relegated out of the football league. I seem to remember it might have been the walkout music back then. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it hasn't been for a very long time. Um, so a lot of people kind of getting up in arms about that particular element of it. Like number one, that's not the case. Um, but again, I can't, it's that, that one specific element of this whole debacle that's happened. I can't get my head around that, that decision. Um, but as I've said before, it's for three more games and it's happened at one game already. Mm. So four football matches where we won't hear a piece of music and we won't hear an air raid siren when we get a corner. 
is that a decision that is stripping the history from a club? Because I don't know. I mean, make no bones about it. They'll be back next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they will. Of course they will. Uh, and do you know what, Ben? It, it, it's kind of nice because, yes, I understand the history of the air raid sirens, and I completely get why people will want them in. But they, but they give me a headache when we have got. <laughs> it, it gets to a point where I think, no, just please, just give us a throw in rather than a corner because I don't <laughs> want to hear that fucking siren. I mean, in all fairness, it does require that we get a corner. Uh, don't happen very often. No. So look, I think we've co- we've we've talked about it. Have you got anything that we, you want to add on the situation? No, we mate, I'm 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 all good. I uh, I I would hate to be um, brown nosing the club more than I have done um, this week. Uh, He's not so, going to shag you, mate. No, no. Well, no, do you know what? <laughs> He's actually slid into my DM. So no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. No, uh, no, um, no. Look, I, I I just think it's no. I I, I don't I don't. Well, I, I, not that I don't, but I, I just those people that that, that say that on Twitter, I, I just find hilarious. So, and look, it's the same people every time, isn't it? So we we found, we figure that out. So I mean, I I do think some of the reaction has been slightly embarrassing to watch. Of course it has. I um, mean, if anyone wants to laugh, go and read the replies on the um on the Facebook um the post that club the club made on Facebook about uh, Liam Scully's statement, it it genuinely had me in stitches. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Yeah, let's (laughs) move on. We've got a game of football on Saturday, believe it or not. Yeah, so do you want to do do the honours this week and and introduce your preview? Of course I will. So we have uh, a Charlton supporter. He does does YouTube. Um, He's a journalism student at the University of Kent. Uh, His name's Tyler Rowlinson, and I've been catching up with him this week. Uh, And here's what he's had to say on The Addicts. Now, the the term often gets spread around this time of season as, as on the beach. Um, teams that don't have a lot to play for. Charlton, no threat of going getting promoted, no threat really of, of getting relegated, which would be music to your ears. Um, first of all, do you believe in that? In that sort of, is that are we being fair on the players when we say that? Because obviously there's contracts to play for, etc. I do, I do get what you mean. I mean, obviously we, I mean we're pretty much smacking mid-table, weren't we? We were like mm. 20 points off the playoff, 16 points off relegation. So I guess you mm. could say we're classed as firmly on the beach. We know where we're going to be next year. But obviously, as you say, there are a lot of contracts to play for, especially at Charlton. Like half of our squad's out of contract and obviously mm. loans as well. So there's a lot to play for in that sense. So I think while nothing will really affect our league position for the end of the season, ultimately it is up the players to basically just show what they can do. Because ultimately they're they're playing for their for their futures, some of them. So yeah, they need to just keep going, get the best finish we can. And then uh yeah, we'll go from there in the summer, reevaluate and see who needs to stay and who needs to get the chop. But I think your squad is sort of completely going against that on the beach string. Week three wins from three. You guys are in brilliant form. Just, you know, typical that you're about to play us, really. Um, <laughs> tell us about the, those wins. Obviously, you've had some great wins in there, haven't you? Yeah, and I don't really know how we've done it, to be honest. We <laughs> Before those three wins, we were on a, a dire run. We looked like we were right in the thick of the, of the relegation. Like we were only like four points off it, or, or even, I think, about six or something. We were quite close. And we just didn't look like we could get a point, let alone a win. And then we took on Gillingham uh, Tuesday night, a team, obviously, that have been revitalised under Neil Harris, but we managed to get a 1-0 win. It wasn't pretty, but Gillingham just didn't take their chances, really. They just didn't look like scoring. Burton was a similar story. Beat them 2-0. Again, not a brilliant display from us, but it was just a case of us being more clinical. Scored two in the first half. Burton had 12 shots, none on target. So that just shows all you need to know about that. And then obviously, uh, last weekend against Doncaster, who um, have had a massive fall from grace over the last couple of years. Definitely, I'd probably say the worst team I've seen us play this year. Mm. Um, Obviously done them 4-0 earlier on in the season and um, it should have been another 4-0 battering in in this one. But uh, yeah, it just again managed to get the win. Stockley with a goal, uh, missed a penalty, hit the crossbar, their keeper. Jonathan Mitchell had a good game by the sounds of it. But yeah, very surprised we've had an upturn in form now when it looked like we were completely dead and buried and these players just didn't look like they cared. But to get three wins on the bounce and not conceding a goal in any of them as well is uh, another bonus that I'll take happily. 
yeah, all, all three of those teams have beaten us at home in 2022, which we won't delve too much into. Um, obviously, you guys, since we last saw you, you had Nigel Atkins in charge. He was shiftly uh, disposed of. Uh, Johnny Jackson brought in on a tear care, caretaker role for a start. Um, just first off, were you happy to see Atkins relieved of his duties? Definitely. Yeah, it was it was a shame, really, because when he first took over um, after Bowyer left 10 games uh, remaining last year, we only lost once and we looked pretty. The, the football wasn't it wasn't brilliant, but we were improving and we obviously missed out on the playoffs by goal difference. Obviously, in the summer, we were thinking, OK, we've got a manager that knows how to get out of this league because obviously we know we, from his time yeah. at Scunthorpe and, and what he'd done at Southampton was unbelievable. Um, so we were sat there thinking, yeah, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be decent. Obviously, he'd been out of the game for two years before he took the job at us, so there was that sort of that to be worried about. And uh, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Proved himself to be quiet in it, just constantly rotating the squad. I remember there was one incident where he dropped Jaden Stockley and blamed us playing the long ball because we had Stockley up front, obviously mm-hmm. a target member. Ultimately, as a manager. That's that. That is your job. You've got to work around that. Work with the tools that you've got. That was just one incident that I didn't like, but it was just poor result after poor result. And ultimately, for a club like Charlton to go the first ten games, win one game, and be second bottom, you've got to go really. So Adkins, he's a lovely, he's a lovely guy, a lovely guy, and obviously has done it in the past. But unfortunately, he just doesn't have that same manager pedigree that he once had. So, yeah, Shifley, he was Shifley moved on and, uh, yeah, definitely the right decision. Probably was lucky to uh, be in the position um, for as long as he was. I thought he should have gone way before he did. Do you, do you think he was putting more effort into his motivational videos in the mornings that he used to put on Twitter than he was in into actually managing the football club? It did seem that way. And, and obviously, I mean, those videos understandably stopped because of the backlash he was getting on social media. And I think he has actually started doing them up again. They were, they were a good watch, to be fair. Yeah. You, know, you, you wake up in the morning, especially Monday morning, you're like, oh, God, here we go, going to work or uni or something. And he's just so, so positive walking around the training ground, like, keep a smile on your face. It's going to make the most of the day, everyone. That's what, I love that about him. Yeah, it's mm. a shame that the, uh, the footballing side of things just didn't work out. So there we go. Thank you to Tyler for speaking to Jake and discussing Charlton v Lincoln City, which is happening on Saturday. And it's going to be another game where I think the end result will be us saying, I will be delighted with a point, don't you? Yeah, um, Charlton are in good form. Um, I think they've not conceded in the last three. They've beaten teams, I think they've beaten Doncaster, Gillingham and Burton. Obviously, three teams to have beaten us at home over the last couple of weeks. So, no, it, 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 look, Charlton are a big football club at, the, at this level. Um, they've, they've got financial power. Um, they've got some players that they paid a lot of money for. Um, and obviously, it, you know, we struggled there at the back end of last season, didn't we? Yes, yeah, so it's a similar sort of situation. Um, granted they've got they had something a bit more to play for but last year we couldn't get automatic promotion we had a playoff spot confirmed and they went there and turned us over 3-1 yeah. now the ma- the the managers changed um but the players haven't chucks and ek has come back from birmingham city obviously Jaden stockley who we've sort of become quite well known with um obviously <laughs> when he was at exeter really yeah. good center forward um george dobson who was at wimbledon last season and at sunderland he's uh pulling the strings for them and then in goal um craig mcgillivery who was at portsmouth for a long time so no they've got some really good players um and a manager that has sort of he, he worked really hard to get the job on a full-time basis and then the manager the, the new owners gave him the job on a full-time basis and he sort of lost motivation and they literally fell off a cliff so obviously we we're, we're playing at the wrong time and the fact that they've they're in they, they've won three games on the bounce um and obviously we, we've not won a game for a couple so I'm with you but I, I think I'd be happy with a point while while we go down there yeah I mean I think the um this would have been a very different game if it was played six weeks ago. Because um, I think, uh, you know, about six weeks ago, it looked like Charlton were in danger of slipping into the relegation fight. Um, but then they've sort of put together, like you say, a little bit of a, a run of form. I think they they lost two, they drew one, and then they won three on the bounce, like you said. So I think they've put probably a little bit of um, a little bit of daylight between them and everything. And my only hope, and I think I said this um 
to Mark Hone on, on Monday night on Radio Lincolnshire that the only real hope in it is that they are, you know, quote unquote on the beach already. Um, because I think it's going to be a very difficult game. Um, is Aniki injured at, uh, at the moment, by the way? Ben, do you think I've done that much research? <laughs> well, I clearly haven't. Well, um, that makes two of us. I was looking into it, and he's not. St- he's not been. He's the. He's uh, the thing about Anike is um, last se- last season. Uh, last season, he had the best goals uh, to minutes ratio in the league purely because he only played ten minutes, but he al- <laughs> he always came on and scored. I think he even scored against us. So. Mm. Um, now, obviously, uh, Boya took him to Birmingham in the summer. Um, it's not worked out for him for one reason or another. Um, and he's back in London. How unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know that um, he's not been starting and he's not been on the bench either. So um, I, I can only draw an assumption there that he's injured. It will um, be. Is it been Stockley and um, is it Burstow up front? Um, Burstow has been, I don't know if you saw Ben, but he was purchased by Chelsea um, over the um, January transfer window so he's clearly got something about him Okay, it's been Stockley and, um, and Connor Washington up front Oh brilliant, so my research means absolutely <laughs> I'm out research Jake yeah. <laughs> um, No, but uh, yeah I think, um, oh there we go Yeah, so uh, Aniki28 picked up a muscle injury in the game against Bolton last month So oh, Superb limbs as I would say <laughs> Or lack thereof Um <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, they, you know, I think they play three at the back, pack midfield, um, and then, you know, Jaden Stockley, as you said, we know all about him. Um, point, Ben. Be, take a point. It, yeah. Give me a point and snap my hand off. Take a point. Don't lose. A point closer to safety and hopefully a, a good day out for the thousand plus traveling imps fans because it's not been great on the road this season but we have had some good moments and and fingers crossed they can have a nice day day drink session in london and 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 three points to bring back up the a1 and hopefully i'll be joining them but i'll be very hungover saturday morning so it might be a last minute job fair enough but like yeah it's you know i i think the looking back at like previous fixtures i think um We've won our home games. Charlton have won their home games. Um, Kill all the optimism, Ben. Thank you. Well, no, I, I, I can't see. I, I can't see us getting anything. I mean, particularly, you know, after what's happened um, last week, you know, we're, we're dangerously low on centre halves now. Um, Brooke I think coming we, back though. Brooke and Brooke, and Brooke will be back. That will be help. Will help massively. Yeah, I mean that's the obvious benefit. Um, Brooke coming back and Fiorini's coming back as well. And I think um, another thing that Mark was saying on Monday night was that you know that there seems to be this hesitance, like this uh, this almost this fear of having a shot. Um, and instead of taking a shot, like just a random pot shot or making the keeper work, um, it's getting passed about. And sometimes that's fine, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, and I think with Fiorini coming back, that will change on Saturday. I'd, I would like to see, I'd like to see Fiorini putting a few shots in. Um, I know we've sort of had a few things to say about it earlier on in the season, where he's put a shot in and it's it's gone high, wide, and handsome. But when you've got somebody that's got that ability, and I mean he obviously does have the ability because he's been playing the Scotland under twenty ones team, um, he'll be. He will be, actually will he be back on Saturday? Are the twenty ones playing at the weekend or are they? No, but he's back. He's back. Good, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, you know he'll be back, um, and hopefully, yeah, just put a few shots in and and work the keeper because I think if we work the keeper, you're halfway there, aren't you? Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, I mean it's not a bad keeper though, Ben. They've got is it McGillivray? done fairly well at Pompey over the years so no it'll be difficult Um, whether or not we actually have a shot on target or not we'll have to wait and find out Um, fingers crossed we do because did you speaking of that well I think it's probably a fair point to wrap up Charlton but did you see um, Doncaster tweeted or a a Doncaster fan tweeted like because we didn't have because we didn't score a goal last month here is our shot of the month competition (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, that shot from Carl Moyle at, at the start, absolutely that whistle round the post. Like, <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely incredible. Like, really well played from that man. But, um, yeah, um, obviously we're playing Fleetwood on Tuesday night as well. So keep your eyes peeled on the YouTube channel for not only uh, the preview on uh, on Char- um, yeah the the Char- not only for the preview on Charlton, but also uh, the preview for Fleetwood, which will be with Nappers, which obviously, I th- <laughs> which I think will be what Sunday or Monday. Uh, yeah, I'm looking to get it recorded Monday, so it'll probably go up. Um, Monday or Tuesday if, if not there we go is there anything else that we need to touch upon no but I, I do have to give a shout out then because every time that I, I'm on the pod um, the guy who sits next to me his name is Joe uh, he always asks me for a shout out and he's he's hilarious when it comes to shouting uh, abuse at players uh, at opposition players that is not our own um, which is rare for a Lincoln City fan at the moment. Um, <laughs> he gave Lyndon Gooch a right earful on uh, Saturday against Sunderland a couple of weeks ago. He also gave Sam Vokes uh, an earful, um, and they both laughed and both gave him a thumbs up. So there you are, <laughs> Joe. There is your uh, your um, your shout out on the podcast. You've been at, you've been itching at it for weeks. Um, I saw him in town today. He was very excited. So there you are, Joe. Is that Thank is that fun. Beardy Joe that that saw it, me it's joe uh i don't know if you want me to say his surname but he he sits with ad um big beardy ad who um i don't know if you know if we're talking about the same people it might but. have been ad because there was somebody that sent you a photo of me oh that was no that was jake that was john paul god we're, we're literally no let's not give him any credit no <laughs> No, he called you a proper football journalist. He clearly knows nothing, doesn't he? He did, which you know, I I will take. You know, I'll take that over um, over Jake just to annoy him. But I'd prefer a proper gaming journalist. But let's yeah. let's not talk about that. Um, cool. Right. Well, that's a good spot to wrap up for the week. Uh, I think we've hit an hour before I've even edited the preview in. So not bad going, Jake. Considering normally we do 25 minutes and try and pad it out with crap for half an hour. Yeah, to be honest, Ben, I'm, I'm absolutely knackered. So um, I am hitting the pillow as soon as we're finished. <laughs> Fair enough. Not because you're boring, obviously. <laughs> of course not, right. Um, so yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I think Gaz is going to be back next week. Um, but we'll have to see if we get three points on Saturday or Tuesday. Um, and until then, up the imps. Up the imps. Thank you, guys. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.